friends! Welcome to Reading Minds, where ordinary people talk about extraordinary books. I'm Annie, and with me today... Oh. I'm Mason. <laughs> with me today is Mason, my husband. Um, he's been on here before, but it's been mm-hmm. it's been a little while. When was the last it's time? It's been a minute. Uh, probably December. Apart. Yeah, I think that, that was, was the last a while time ago. we talked. Yeah. yeah. So, we're back, <laughs> and we're doing something a little bit different this time. We recently started assigning each other books, so I thought it'd be fun to talk about our first round of assignments. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds kind of school-like, but oh well. It is fun. It's fun. It's a fun assignment. Yeah. We got this idea from... Our friends Nate and Amy. Nate and Amy from Texas. Who we've talked about Nate before because he right. has the the audiobook podcast yeah. called Air War Audiobooks, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, and we're just good. they're really great friends. And they do this. They assign each other books. And so we decided to try it out. They had the advantage of thinking ahead of time and actually being able to break it down by quarter. We kinda of started in the middle of a quarter, so yeah. there's no real clear delineation. Yeah. So we gotta yeah, we didn't quite have details. a we didn't have a deadline. I don't think we just kind of read until we finished. Yeah. So we'll right. see. We'll see how it goes. In we the both future. ended up liking the book, so it wasn't like yeah. we had to force the other person. Right. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe in the future. We'll see. Yeah. So with our first assignment, we decided just to stick with our favorite books because That's why just not? What we started with. Yeah. Right. Um, so my favorite book is Jane Eyre, so that's what Mason read, and his mm-hmm. favorite book is Lord of the Rings. Well, I guess that's three books. Yeah. But I've finished the first one. Right. And yeah. I'll finish the other two as I assign two more books to Mason. <laughs> yeah, try, I was trying to sneak, because we have it in one volume, so I was trying to see if He's I can sneak it trying to get me to read all book. of them, which was not going to happen. <laughs> no, it didn't no. work out. Just the first one. Um... So yeah, I guess for me, Jane Eyre, that was a book that I read in high school for my AP English class. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was shortly after I read my first Jane Austen novel, and I know they're different time periods, but I did not like the Jane Austen book. Like, I read Pride and Prejudice, and I know I've talked about this on here right. before, and if you want to see <laughs> me talk about Jane Austen, we have an episode on persuasion from mm-hmm. like way back. That was our first one. So if you listen to that, just know that was <laughs> early, early <Yeah>. on. <laughs> um, but I did not like Pride and Prejudice. I just found the characters to be very, I don't know, like too dainty. Dainty? Yeah. Hmm. So when I read Jane Eyre, since that's gothic and not Victorian, I was like all What's about it. What's the difference between it's... gothic and Victorian? See, I don't... I wasn't an English major. Okay. I can't. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I was just curious. I just know Gothic novels tend to be a little bit heavier. Is it an grittier. era or is it a it's genre? It's an era. Okay. It's an era. Okay. Yeah. I think Gothic came after I Victorian. think it was early. Because this was... Jane this Eyre was... like was, 1800s. Yeah, Jane Eyre was early 1800s. I feel like Victorian is later Isn't that like 19? I feel like... I don't know. <laughs> I'm Victorian era because I know like Queen Victoria died in the early 20th century, so right. like mid to late 19th century would be Victorian. So I think Victorian is later than later. Gothic. Okay, and I think that makes sense in my head now that you said that out loud. Mm-hmm. But anyway, 
it's just way grittier of a story than anything yeah. I've read in Jane Austen. Well, Persuasion, I think, is the exception, but anyway, that's another story. Right. <laughs> um, so I love Jane Eyre, and I just connected really well with Jane, and I think you kind of do that as you read the book, but also I'll let Mason speak to this. <laughs> um, but I just latched on really well with Jane as a character, and I want to know what you thought of it, Mason. I mean, I liked it. Like, so you do get attached to Jane. I don't know that I said that I would say I liked her initially. Like, obviously, you kind of felt sorry for her, and, you know, she's... Yeah, she has kind from, of a Yeah, she has rough. A, rough, a rough childhood. Um, but then she, I mean, she also kind of does things to make it worse. But then uh, she goes to school... Has a rough go of it, but I think learned some valuable lessons in school, so that was good. That was good for her. Had some good friends. Um, it's funny And it kind of grows up. It's funny to me that you say that the school was good for her. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of people read that and think it's just a horrible, horrible place. Well, okay, like, there's the first, is, the first like, true. year or two is and really bad. And then, and then the it's like the first year is bad, and then... And then they skip over the six years that it apparently was good. <laughs> so there's where she's because she spends eight years there total, like six as a student and two years as a teacher. And the time that, she, like I said, I think it's the first. I don't know if it's the first. I'm trying to remember the timing. I think it's the first year is really bad, and then they um, realize how horrible. Like the the supporters of the school realize how horrible the school was, and so they assign a board to ensure that conditions are better mm-hmm. so so i would say like that it period <laughs> it got it got better and yeah yeah but that's not talked about near as much as no the no that's not the stuff. That's, yeah not more of it's yeah. been on and i think since i read it in high school i read it probably more simplistically than you mm-hmm. did so it was yeah. very much a black and white like oh this is bad mm-hmm. like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and then so I noticed, like, during the school period, they she has her, like, it, it's, it's a, I think it's intended to have a religious theme to mm-hmm. it, but the religion that she's acquainted with in the books is, I mean, it, it's, they, they, they call it Christianity, but it's very much a, I'm going to say liberal, but li- liberal in a different sense, a liberal in a, like, pure, like, a, the kind of George McDonaldson's where Christianity is you you don't have any sort of dogma it's all it's just a moral system you have a god who loves people and has a plan and then you just have to follow these you know moral mm-hmm. principles and that's what Christianity is um in in Jane Eyre mm-hmm. so I would say that it, which kind of makes sense because that mid 19th century is in the height of modernism and Mm -hmm. when christian theology was highly suspect like anyone talking about dogma was was highly suspect Mm -hmm. so you didn't so the popular versions of christianity was nothing more than just moralism moralistic deism and i think too we see one of the big themes in the book is being individualism right yeah and i think that plays into that idea of christianity a lot too Right. Because that's a very modern, mm-hmm. modern American, more specifically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, which, yeah, it's interesting. So there's that. Um, but overall, I, I, I like the book. Like, she was a strong character that had a 
a good, um, you know, she dealt with the situations. So, the, mm-hmm. so this is where like her moral principles were good moral p- principles. She had an understanding of uh, God's sovereignty, so she is able to handle terrible situations and just kind of must you know kind of march on, go go through them. Um, Almost to a fault of being stoic, though, I would say. But it's yeah. also been a while since I've read the book. I could, yeah, <laughs> I could, yeah, I could see that. I got. Yeah, she, very stoic. And there's like a couple of outbursts where she it, it that seemed kind of out of the blue. But um, but yeah, for the most part, she is a very stoic character, mm-hmm. um, which I which I like and I think um, is admirable. Just because she's you know not a dogmatic christian doesn't mm-hmm. mean i can't admire her um i think one of the things that i really loved about it is that she's a very believable strong female lead right i don't know if you yeah. also found that because i did read it in high school yeah it didn't <laughs> seem very it wasn't at all cringy like what i see in media today mm-hmm. um and she was she's not a you know the I don't know if I'm, it's going to be unpopular. I was going to say she's not a Captain Marvel. Right. Um, uh, she's, yeah, she's genuinely feminine, but also like a strong character. Mm-hmm. Um, the So interestingly, I, re- I read a little bit today just kind of to refresh myself on the, the plot and the characters and everything. But um, it wasn't, apparently it wasn't very well received when it was immediately released, like people thought, considered it very radical, mm-hmm. um, which made sense because this is early 18th or early 19th century England, and she, the, her kind of the individualism that you see in the book was would have been pretty radical mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, something that we just kind of take for granted, but was was a radical idea. Like that someone, I think there was a reviewer at the time that accused her of chartism, uh, and chartism refers to like the chartist like working class groups and they basically just wanted like the ability the, the right to vote and some pretty basic stuff that we were just like oh yeah oh yeah it does. That, makes, that makes sense um but but yeah so, so that's good to so that's something we have to kind of keep in mind when you're reading the book is what seems normal to us is what's not, not normal. normal then right not normal then right and i think that's why people love the book so much today because it just embodies mm-hmm. a lot of the things that we admire today. Mm-hmm. Makes sense to me. Yeah. What did you think of Mr. Rochester? I He's a very thought, controversial yeah. controversial character. He I so so put it this way. I liked him as a like as a literary <laughs> as a literary character. I liked him. He was a good solid character. I wouldn't, you know, personally like him if I met him. <laughs> um, That's fair. Yeah, like you know, he he has this kind of mystery to him, and you don't really know what he's thinking, and he just kind of uh, seems arrogant, but then has this, but like tames it back just enough so that he he's not mm-hmm. the most arrogant person you've ever met. Um, but, so yeah, he's an interesting, a good. He has a lot of depth as a character, but I wouldn't like him personally. Um, I always liked the mystery; mm-hmm. like it made him appealing to me as a female. I think. 
Yeah. But also, he was kind of a shady character, too, without mm-hmm. going into too much. Yeah. Too many spoilers. <laughs> I mean, it's a 200-year-old book. That's I don't true. Let me really spoil a 200-year-old yeah, book. You, if you haven't read it now, you've had plenty of time. <laughs> it is your own fault at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I think I liked, I mean, St. John as a person. So St. John. Jin. Saint John. It, does, it is pronounced Sinjin. There, there's nothing in the text that would it, indicate you, that it's pronounced Sinjin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Sinjin. You said Sinjin. No, I said there's nothing in the text oh, that would indicate you that it's agreeing. pronounced Sinjin. No, I'm not agreeing. This has been an ongoing debate. Yeah. I'm, I'm, it, it very well may be pronounced Sinjin, but there's nothing. He refuses. No reason, he refuses, no refuses to. to. That. And that's not how I read it. Um, and that's not <laughs> what the letters say. Um, yeah, but and plus, and as they contract, like I don't know, it doesn't make sense. There's no I in John. Like it's just, just like you squish it all together, Sinjin. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> he, I think, was was kind of. I would say he's probably the opposite. Where as a mm-hmm. character, there's not. He he's a bit more. There's not a whole lot to get. Like he's kind of. He kind of wears his personality honestly like you you see him and you know and the, you, and you know everything like there's not there's not some deep like mystery, mystery to his right. to his personality or anything that he seems a he's a pretty straightforward uh, uh pretty straightforward like religious pietous zealous very like dutiful person which i would probably enjoy being around um so he's someone probably as a literary character didn't find as interesting literary in a literary literary he sense, that but liked him. Character, I have more right? affinity towards him as a as a person. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and then so I'm. The one thing I want to understand is whether, because you know he proposes to Jane Eyre like after they fi- they figure out their cousins and he wants someone to go with him to India to help work in the mission field. And he wants to marry her because that's the only way that it can be, you know, he can properly have her as as a worker. Uh, and she's like, and then she says, no, I'm not going to marry you. But not for the reason that I would think. I was like, yeah, don't marry him. He's your cousin. And it <laughs> has nothing to do with her being his cousin. Uh, it's just she did didn't uh think that he could love her as a wife and so he would see her just kind of as an assistant so <laughs> as a cousin <laughs> right right so they so she said well, i'll just go with you as a relative which was, would seem reasonable well, but wasn't marrying cousins that's not I'm, as that's what i'm not upon. sure <laughs> i'm sure it probably wasn't as frowned upon but i mean they were first cousins not like second cousin or you know there's it was you know, she was his uncle's, <laughs> or he was he was her uncle's son. Um, that that's a cousin. I know, so like <laughs> first first cousin, so a very close relation, and I. Yeah, so I don't know if that was normal at the time, but I was I was just a little surprised. I that, just assumed it was normal. Yeah, maybe because there wasn't any like, oh, we can't do that. We're cousins. <laughs> right. There was none of that conversation. Right. And then I thought that, I don't know, so I guess if I was to criticize it a little bit, I thought the, 
don't know. The more I think about it, the ending was a little strange. It's like out of the. I love the ending. How, like, it like, was very like set up, I think. But I looked past all that. I don't know that it was set up. Was, I feel like it was just kind of out of the middle of nowhere. Like she had all these things like going. Like I, I think it could have very easily ended. You know, she decides not to get married to Saint John or Sinjin. Sinjin. Uh, <laughs> she, you know, lives at the house. Like has something where she lives and. Um, doesn't end up getting married. Like I think that would be a, independent. I think that could be a better ending, or meet someone new. But just then having Mister Rochester out of the blue come back into the picture because she said somehow hears him from miles away. They're soulmates. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. See, I loved Mister Rochester, and I was very excited that he came back when I read the book. Mm. I feel like they could have come up with a better way of reintroducing him. Probably, she, like, then just a mysterious, it. somehow she heard his voice somewhere. <laughs> was not a fan of that. Yeah. My 16-year-old self ate it up. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. Other than that, like, it, it was it was mm-hmm. still good. Um, yeah, you, like, flew through that book, too. Mm-hmm. I liked it. was, it. like, within a week. You read yeah. 500 It reminded pages. me, oh, in some ways it reminded me of Nicholas Nickleby, um, which is another one of my favorite books. Um that you're probably going to get it signed at some point. <laughs> and that's what uh, Charles Dickens. Yeah, it's Charles Dickens. It, it this In the sense of it's a, you know, she's um, a child that becomes, that falls from wealth um, and then has to kind of struggle through life. Um, mm. I would say I still like Nicholas Nickleby better um, just because there's a, like in, Nick, in Nicholas Nickleby, the protagonist isn't just living life for himself. He's not just looking out for himself. He is like actively trying to take care of his mother and sister the whole mm. like, through the whole period. He's trying to take care of his family. So there's others in the picture, um, which obviously like that's kind of the thing about Jane Eyre. She's alone in the world, so she's yeah. reckoning with that. Um, Whenever she makes friends, they die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so what like star rating would you give it? Because I'll give we it sometimes a four star. okay. I'll do a four star. Cool. So we do book, that on our book club, average. our book club podcast. Yeah. So I was yeah. just curious. Yeah. Hmm. I should actually rate it on Goodreads. I need to update. Write a review. I need to update my Goodreads. Yep. Yeah, you do. And I will link his Goodreads in the, what are they, show notes? Mm-hmm. Show notes. Yep. So that'll give you some incentive <laughs> to update. <laughs> um, I have to. Uh, okay, see, so. I think that's about all yeah. I was gonna ask you about right. it, just Shall general impression. Talk about Lord of the Rings now. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I picked Lord of the Rings as the first. My first is signed, or book that I would assign you. Um, <laughs> first book assigned. I've been trying to get you to read it for a long time. Very true. And so I took advantage of the agree of the agreement, um, because even though like, you had seen some of the movies, like you never read the books. And, I've seen all of. Them. Movies. Yeah, I have seen all the movies. That's why I said you've seen the movies, but you haven't read the books. And um, they're just they're master they're masterpieces. Um, like it, it's a, the 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 work itself is is a masterpiece, I should say. Um, when did you? I first read them? so I actually I, I watched the movies first. I re, I still remember. I'm trying to think of the first time I watched the Fellowship. I would have been like. 
11, I want to say I was 11 or 12. And so I, you know, I liked it because I was 11 or 12 year old boy and I like swords and bows <laughs> and arrows and elves and dwarves and all, all the things. Um, and uh, I actually remember before even watching the movie, I think my cousins had seen it. And um, I initially, I don't know if I what, initially wasn't allowed to watch it or if my parents just didn't give it a second thought because they had never read it or, or like interact. Mm-hmm. They didn't understand it, maybe. I don't know. But, yeah. I, but I just remember actually, I remember actually playing pretend Lord of the Rings before I'd watched the movies or read the before books or knew, knew anything. anything about Lord I just knew my cousins had seen it and I got, and I figured out that there were, okay, there are elves and there are these things called orcs and the orcs are bad. And we and fight the orcs. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I know that there's this like ring thing that you, you, you have to, <laughs> they have to take it somewhere. So was like, yeah. Yeah. So I remember we, cause playing, having pretend scenarios and like role playing was, was something we, I, I, that was one of my favorite activities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, that's that's what we did. I remember that, and then I watched the movies, and I can't remember what when I decided to read them or what made me decide to read the books. I think it was just I loved the movies so much. I figured I should read the books, and I so I was probably thirteen or fourteen when I read the books, and I actually so. I, I remember I sped through them pretty quickly because I, you know, was, um, I didn't take time to read the poetry. I didn't like poetry. <laughs> I didn't read any of the songs, songs really. I just kind of was eager for the plot and the, just that, yeah, I just, wanted, I just wanted to, Random I just wanted to get through it because um, I, I just wanted to read the whole thing. So I just kind of sped read through the first time around. Um, and actually for the second and third books, I skipped all the Hobbit parts because they weren't interesting. <laughs> um, the, the bits with... Aragorn and Legolas and Gimli were the interesting ones. Um, but then as I kind of grew and understood the... Was able to kind of appreciate the depth a bit more. And I read through them again. And actually read through all the poetry and everything. And um, and now I've read... I think I've read The Lord of the Rings three or four times through. Mm-hmm. And I've read The Silmarillion at least three times through. So The Silmarillion... For those who don't know, is actually what Tolkien was working on prior to Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is just kind of a, it's a story in the midst of this world, grand world that he had been building for 20 years. So the Silmarillion was the focus of Tolkien's work. Um, and it was edited by Christopher Tolkien, his son, after um, J.R.R. Tolkien died. So it was, um, it was released in like the 70s, sometime in the 70s after it was like a few years. a really small part of that. Yeah. At least the creation story. Yeah, I think I read that. Which too. I thought was really interesting. Yeah, it was really good. Um, it's very different from Lord of the Rings. But yeah, no, so I have a very deep appreciation for all things Middle Earth, so that's why I assigned it to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's funny that you like skimmed through it the first time because I cannot read it fast at all. It took me mm-hmm. a couple of weeks, I think, to, or it was like a month. Mm-hmm. It was quite a while to get through it, and it was yeah. four hundred and some pages. The first book. So it's not it's not insanely long, mm-hmm. but I just found myself having to go at a slower pace because things kept happening and changing really quickly, mm-hmm. and it would go from descriptions of scenery to oh now we're fighting the orcs, and then you have all of this 
background stuff between the dwarves and the elves, and then the hobbits are doing their own thing. So there's lots of different pieces Mm -hmm. moving around in this book. Um, So it took me, like, I read it pretty slowly. And also what helped me with the poetry was, I think you showed me some of the Hobbit drinking songs. Oh, yeah. Like someone had set them to music. Uh-huh. So I had those little tunes yeah, going through my head. head. Yeah, yep. because most of them are in the same um, They're in like structure. Common meter. Right, or something like that. I haven't actually looked to see if it's actually common meter. I should mm-hmm. do that. Yeah. That would be huge. fun, because then we could have all kinds of tunes. <laughs> um, so that definitely helped trying to just, like, work my way through all the poetry, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so you've you've seen the movies, um, uh-huh. and then you read the books. What? How I did read the first book? Or first book? I started out <laughs> with the books. You read the first book. Working so compare. On it. So how do you think the first book compared to the movie? Did the movie do a good job of capturing I think, the book's honestly, essence? Honestly, the movie did a very good job mm-hmm. because I was, and I know that this happens every time you watch a movie first, but I was definitely able to see the movie characters in the book and I was picturing those characters as I was reading except in Frodo's case Mm -hmm. because I did not like Frodo in the movies Mm -hmm. my friends in college and I would always joke that he could be replaced by a backpack because all he did was carry the ring so he he could just not been in the movies Mm -hmm. (laughs) and in the book you see a lot more background and his I don't know, just how he's thinking through Mm -hmm. everything. Like, he's definitely very quiet, but he's very... Like, you can tell that he is doing important work, and he's not just a backpack. Right. Um, um, I also latched on to the fact that... I think it was Gandalf or Bilbo, or both of them were talking about Frodo and how they thought he was the best hobbit. Mm. And I thought that was really cute. (laughs) (laughs) And all of the hobbit stuff, honestly... This is going to sound very strange. And I've talked to you about this, but mm-hmm. I feel kind of embarrassed admitting it. But I always had this wind in the willows kind of vibe going on. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple scenes where I pictured them as little woodland creatures, like all the little hobbits. Because um, there's one scene where they, I think it's when they they start off traveling and they go through the, the mushroom field. Right, shortcut to mushrooms. Yeah, that's the second chapter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he knows all the chapter names. I just know that one because there's pipe tobacco. Pipe tobacco named short, after. Shortcut to mushrooms. Shortcut it's a, it's to a mushrooms. well-known. And also, it's a well-known chapter. It was a good chapter. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so there's one scene where they go through the mushroom field and they get really dirty, and the farmer invites them in, and they like they take a bath. Like there's two <laughs> bathtubs in this room, and I just could not not picture woodland creatures because first of all, if you're picturing humanoid kind of creatures, that's kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. And also, it was just really cute. <laughs> so they reminded me a lot of Wind in the Willows. And I think we talked about how that could have been, partly because it's just very British, mm-hmm. too. And I think it's also um, just that, I mean, it, intentionally, the Shire is very kind of folksy and mm-hmm. rural and nature-esque. And the, the Wind in the Willows were also mm-hmm. folksy. It's like a and, haven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that... That was funny to me. I was not expecting that from a fantasy novel mm-hmm. at all. <laughs> um, also, back um, while we're talking about the beginning of the book, there's a whole character, Tom Bombadil, mm-hmm. who's in the book, who is not even referenced in the movies. He's not mm-hmm. referenced at all. Like, he's just nowhere. 
but he's he plays kind of a major part in the beginning of the book where he's kind of mysterious but very friendly and mm-hmm. lovable and I don't it's hard to tell what he was what he's even supposed to be like representative yeah. of or why yeah we'll <laughs> why talk, he's there yeah. which and it's Tolkien obvious it on purpose yeah, yeah it's on purpose but it's obvious that he's important but it's not obvious why mm-hmm. and I know there's a couple different theories and I think my favorite is that he represents time okay and he's like the personification of time yeah and I think part of it is because we don't really have a good grasp of time at that point in the novel mm-hmm. whereas later we kind of at least have an idea of how much time is going by on the journey. Hmm. And okay. I don't, this could be like totally off base and it's just my personal observation. So take that with a grain of salt. But they spend some time there and. And that, so that was one of the things that. And it talks about how he's very old too and how right. he's been around like since, essentially since creation. Right. So right. that's alluded to. <clears throat> that's alluded to and. I don't know. There's just a lot of mystery wrapped yeah. up in Tom Bombadil. And I think it could have been really interesting seeing him in the movies. Yeah. yeah so going back to your comment about the timeline, um, that was the w- one thing I remember being super surprised at when I read the books, having watched the movies first. Because movies don't do a good job of... Uh, the. Uh, th- there's like several gaps that are like of several years that mm-hmm. are just kind of ignored. Like Gandalf shows up and leave when and then Frodo like finds like six the, years. It's like yeah, yeah like nine years. And then <laughs> he comes again and then he leaves and then several more years go by. Yeah, um, there's so a lot there's, of anticipation, right? Which you don't really get in the movie, right? Yeah, there's a lot of time that goes by mm-hmm. um, that I, it just feels like a couple weeks in the movie. Mm-hmm. So that was the thing that caught that. I noticed the most yeah. reading. reading and books. I did think that Tolkien did a really good job of making you aware of the timeline. Mm-hmm. And because there are certain parts in there where they're lost and kind of wandering around, but then they come out of wherever they're lost from and you kind of figure out like, okay, it's been like three months or mm-hmm. you just, you kind of figure out the timeline as yeah. you go. Yeah. But you also still feel lost along with them <laughs> while they're lost, like in the, the mines. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. How long are they in the mimes in the book? I forget. Okay. It's like... <laughs> After I said all that, I forget. Okay, okay. I'll try to remember. Um, but it's like at least a couple weeks, I think. Yeah. It's a while. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, it's like in and out. Yeah. It's like a day. Yeah. It's a day trip. It's definitely... I know they talk about at least two specific nights in mm-hmm. there, but I think there's more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh... I forgot, and this is, well, we've spoiled a lot of things already, so. Oh, yeah. It's, it's out. I mean, <laughs> but I did forget that Gandalf died in this book, <laughs> which is kind I of I remember basic. that message. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I messaged him as soon as it happened, and I should have known, because I remember him dying in the movies, mm-hmm. so I should have known that when they entered the mines, like, this, this is it, it's going to happen, but I totally forgot, and then the, um, what's his what uh, the ball the the creature the ball balrog balrog i was going to say minotaur but that's not nope. even close nope. anyway <laughs> when he showed up i realized wait a minute 
it's gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) um and i think and i don't remember if it's just or i don't know if it's just because i don't remember the movies very well but in the book when gandalf is fighting off the balrog um i think at least gimli and legolas and probably aragorn run to his aid and are helping him fight it off and i don't remember that in the movies at all i remember him i remember gandalf trying to get everybody to keep going which Mm -hmm. did happen eventually in the book but i thought it was a really good moment yeah especially because of the dwarves and the elves they're um in the mines i think they dealt a lot with the tension between the two species are they Mm -hmm. called species races races (laughs) the two races um, because they have some very historical um, difficulties. Tension. Which you get to learn about if you read the Silmarillion. <laughs> um, but it was really cool watching Legolas and Gimli kind of work through those things while they're in the mines and then mm-hmm. also teamwork, trying to help Gandalf. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, one of the big themes too is just friendship and teamwork yeah. in general, which is. It sounds really cheesy when you say it, mm-hmm. but it's not at all. Mm-mm. It's not at all cheesy in the book, which is awesome. Because it, and I think our society, friendship, uh, we we don't really build deep friendships like we used to, just because we're a more mobile society, mm-hmm. and uh, it, most people aren't in one place long enough to make it or go through the kinds of activities that you need to go through to make the kind of right. friend and the, we the have, kind of friendship that you see in something like and because we have very friends. specific ideas of what a friend looks like or mm-hmm. a good friend to us would look like you right. know with similar interests and they won't talk back to you or be mean to you ever right and when you're in a situation like lord of the rings okay not you specifically because that's right. probably never going to happen right but <laughs> when you're thrown in together with a bunch of other people that maybe you've historically not gotten along with you have to figure things out yeah so i think that's i mean you really see that happen in like war which Mm -hmm. is also i mean when tolkien's writing he is he's using his world war one experience um, when he's talking about friendship so his experience of friendship is probably very much influenced by the friendships he built going through Mm -hmm. that horrific war um yeah and even contrasting lord of the rings with a lot of modern fantasy and i'm not very well read in modern fantasy or sci-fi but i've read a few things and what sets this apart is it's genuine genuinity genuineness genuineness there's a word how genuine it is (laughs) um authenticity authenticity right um because in a lot of the more recent mm-hmm. works of fantasy, there's definitely a very like social justice warrior type bent to it. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of emphasis on diversity and mm-hmm. you know f- strong female characters and those kinds of things, which you do <laughs> yeah, see in Lord of the Rings, depends. but it's just very forced mm. in modern fantasy. So you just, I would say as a general rule. Not you're to generalize, about, okay. but as a general rule, yes. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I think 
And I like said that 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 depends on who you're reading. So from what I've heard of, That's like the true. Legend of Drizzt and um, like the Wheel of Time's not quite like that. I would say I'm thinking of just like your like when you walk into a bookstore and go into the fantasy section. Just in Maybe. general, what you're gonna Maybe. find in there. Um, That's been written within probably the past five to ten years because I think that genre is like booming again too yeah yeah like there's a lot of new fantasy out there Uh, I I would say that you know it is difficult to write fantasy and not immediately be compared to Lord of the Rings like it is such a definitive Mm -hmm. work that everyone else that tries to write do their own kind of world building is going to be compared to him and for the most part it's not gonna be any good (laughs) i wouldn't say not any good but it's going to be there there's gonna be comparisons and it's gonna be he they're gonna copy him some places and or it or even when they're not lord of the rings you can tell that he's intent that this author is intentionally not doing what tolkien does right um i mean tolkien set out (laughs) to write the english mythology like that's what that was his his vision was this world is the hit is england is is england so this is our our history mm-hmm. um or our mythology um and, and is that that's kind of was the project he set out to do um and that was the kind of the vision he had for his stories so they were more than just you know and that's what kind of distinguishes his work from fairy tales because there's always been like writings about fantasy and or you know fairy tales with elves and dwarves here and there like there have been all kinds of works of fantasy but what sets his apart is the scope the and the um the depth, the de- the depth. Mm-hmm. like it, it is a worked he wrote out a whole mythology language. Mm-hmm. like a whole language right most people don't do that when they write fantasy several languages oh, well and several still. dialects of those <laughs> several languages That's um, insane yeah um also i was wondering and maybe you can tell me if i'm right or not but all the races those are kind of your standard fantasy races was can we trace that back to tolkien or is that older um i mean tolkien didn't invent the races himself um no but but is he the one who like put them all together and standardized it yeah yeah Yeah. and that's awesome because they're everywhere right they're in all um and that, and that's where I said all, like the D and D right yeah the Tolkien's elves is what makes like when we think of a fantasy elf it's based on Tolkien mm-hmm. because before Tolkien elves in like say Irish folklore <laughs> would were very different um, than his kind of uh, no very noble kind of high the um, high elves, high elves. Um, and the and so if, when you look at fantasy you have the now they'll they'll break down into different kinds of elves. So a lot of times when you, and then like a D and D universe, you can have high elves and wood elves, which also kind of corresponds. You can to, see that in Tolkien. Yeah, Tolkien yeah. has different different races of elves, or not the, the different. I don't. Um, I don't think the, he wouldn't call them different races this, of elves. No. So I'm trying to remember what the um, families. Mm-hmm. But, but there's definitely anyway, the difference between different. Um, Rivendell and Lothlorien. Lothlorien, is that how you yes. Say it? Yeah. That's what it came though, to my mind. Um, though the like leaders of the leaders of Galadriel and Celeborn are the same. They're both Noldor, so they're the same race of elves. I guess you could, I guess you could call it race. They're the same line of elves I mean, as still elves. as Elrond. 
Um, so, yeah, the, probably the elves in, and I don't know, I, I don't have one again to, we want to get into a Silmarillion <laughs> elf history lesson. Not yet. But, yeah. <laughs> Maybe at the end of this. <laughs> long, yeah, long story short, like, there's, mig- there's elf migrations, mm-hmm. and depending on where along the migration elves stop, that kind of determines. Like, there's three main races of types of elves, and then depending on where they stop along the migration that because isn't the gray havens a different group of elves too or no well curdan the shipwright is the same is also noldor because in the book i don't Mm -hmm. recognize that name really maybe you don't haven't met him yet are you sure i don't know he's he's definitely in the books i don't know i can't remember which book he would be in i met Um, a lot of people in this book mason yeah um but uh because also there's like elves that come back and stay in middle. They they had gone to the Undying Lands and they come back. And so Elrond and Galadriel and Curdan and all all like typically the leaders of all the various elf realms are are the the, the Noldor or the the this different kind of elf. That all just summer. went like I know, I'm over trying to my summer. head. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much good. I still got is. two books to get to get through. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe then I'll understand the elf. Yeah. The no, elf I'm, world. I'm, what I'm talking about here is all from the Silmarillion. Oh, so no. That was very. It might be in the appendix as well. Like the, there's a very long appendix after the yeah. Lord of the Rings. It isn't the story of um, the couple. The which hmm, couple? The couple. There are several. One starts with the B. Baron. Baron. Yeah, Baron. yeah that that's, that's from the Silmarillion, but it's referenced a lot in the first book. Yeah. Because I know we've talked yeah, about that a, f- a lot. There's a few different of those, like mortal, immortal, elf, human pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, so Baron and Luthien, I think they're the first. Yeah. And then there's two after that, and then Aragorn and Luthien, which again is what? where. Not Aragorn and Luthien, Aragorn and Arwen. Um, sorry. Right. But Arwen I was is... like, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I replaced Because they've only referenced Arwen. And I know we, we saw her once, but we've not. Yeah, she has a much smaller, much Because she's in the movies role. a lot, right? Yeah, she has a much smaller role in the book than in the movie. Yeah. Much smaller. So I remember watching the movies and trying to pick if I liked Galadriel or Arwen better. Oh, really? Because they were like the two, the two girls. Gotcha. And that's what I watched for in movies, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> the girls. <laughs> Is there anything hmm. else I need to talk about from that book? Like, there's a lot of stuff. You can we we could talk about it forever. I think you hit the the main points. The main points. Um, um, what are you gonna rate it? Well, I rated it five stars. It's not because I love fantasy mm-hmm. or anything, but it's just because when you read it, you can really appreciate all of the work and all like everything that went into it and how well done it was mm-hmm. like it definitely deserves five stars yeah and i did really really enjoy it it's not one of those books that i like came away from that changed my life or anything like that but right it's just very it's a masterpiece mm-hmm. it really would is. you say it um because it the the good that comes from fantasy is it can, you know, the, I can't remember who said it, but when you read about magical woods, it makes other, you know, the, the real woods turns these mm. woods into enchanted yeah. woods. Do so you think 
do you get that from the book at all? Yeah, like reading this definitely. as a kind of add a bit of enchantment to to the real world. To the real mm-hmm. world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think that's the mark of good that's the mark fantasy of a good yeah. good fairy tale. Because some books you just read because you want to get away from the real world. Right. But right. that's not a good reason to read a book. Right. I would say. Yeah. Which that might be kind of controversial, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> <laughs> but if you leave a book more excited about real life, mm-hmm. I think that's that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um. I did notice on Goodreads when I went to rate and review it that a lot of people who love fantasy do not like Lord of the Rings. Really? Isn't that interesting? I want to read some of these reviews. Yeah, I want to read a negative review of Lord of the Rings. There are actually quite a bit. I was very surprised. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) Um, uncultured swine. (laughs) I have a theory about it, though. Okay, what's your theory? And I think it's because... And I'm going to talk about modern fantasy very generally again, like I did before. Because, the, because you, that you've never read or have any fine. experience it's with. Okay. I have some. You I've read, read some one sci-fi. book. Sci-fi and fantasy are different. I think there sci-fi is some is overlap, a but they're different. I think sci-fi is a subset. No, it's totally different, and there, there's some over. There can be some overlap, like some great, like some crossover. I but think when you're talking they're about they're distinct. There's a very I think when you're talking about modern sci-fi, it's a subset of modern fantasy. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm because it's like, it's fantasy in space. That's all it is now. Okay. But I do think that sci-fi has the potential to be its own genre if you, so if all you do like, it like, differently. So think Dune. Would you say Dune is a subset of fantasy? Actually, I would. Mm. Disagree. It's just putting it in a different setting. No, like fantasy it is a very uses different... more real world settings. Mm. But sci-fi is just fantasy in space. <laughs> oh. Okay, maybe I'll oh. do some research on that because I'm offending you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> I'm offended right offending now. Offending our listeners. <laughs> very offended right now. <laughs> I'm not trying to be an authority on literature. Yeah, That's not no, why I have no, this podcast. No. Just so all of you listeners are aware. That you've made you that You can obvious. be mad at me. That, oh, okay. Hey, we, the, you're going to stick your neck out there. Okay, if any of you agree with me, send us an email at readingmindspodcast at gmail.com. Or if you don't, don't agree, yeah. Then you can send me a nasty email. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you, you, that's what you deserve. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm going to do some real research, Mason. Okay. All right. Okay. Oh, back to my theory, though. Okay, Which might theory? be like nothing now that you've totally disproved all of my theories about fantasy. I haven't actually fantasy. disproven. I just disagree. Sure. Okay. okay. Well, I think because Lord of the Rings is way slower paced than a lot of modern fantasy is, because at least what I've read of modern fantasy, which I keep saying... But anyway, okay. what I've read, it's all very fast-paced, and you don't get as much in-depth character background or, like, the history that you get in Lord of the Rings. You get interactions in combat, basically, and, you it like, it moves very quickly. Mm-hmm. But in Lord of the Rings, you get all of the scenery and all of, like, the nuance 
I don't know if nuance is the right mm-hmm. word, but all of the nuances between the different races and you get all of this extra stuff that you have to work through to really understand the book. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of work to get through the book in the poetry, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a good, it's a significant portion of the book. Right. So it takes a lot more time to work through it and really get a good grasp of it than it does modern fantasy. <laughs> so you haven't read the I'm Wheel sorry. of Time series. <laughs> I'm sorry, that I'm is talking another, so generally. Like, if you, if you were to When was that about, written? That was written in the 90s. I'm not uh, talking it about was finished. 90s. Okay. It 90s was, is it, like they started it. Now, they started it in the 90s. It finished, they finished it in like 2009? Okay. It was my... Crazy. It was 2010. It was... I think it was while I was in college. Like, the last book was finished. Am I going to um, get assigned those? No, I wouldn't do that to you. It's massive. There are 14 books and they're all nearly a thousand pages please don't. um so you're you saying that other fantasy other fantasy is just really short and fast-paced that, that that's okay. just not true there are exceptions i acknowledge that there are exceptions i think that the but rule is that, that fantasy tends to be very long there is a lot of like really quickly written like right there is some today. yeah yeah no there, there's definitely that and i so i think one of the reason is and it a lot all of looks the... the same like you go into the not to get on a soapbox but you go into the bookstore you go into the fantasy section everything looks the same so the reason i think or like my... ya fantasy okay the reason... i'm sorry <laughs> you can talk <laughs> third time's a charm so the reason why i think the the books that you're talking about that they're, they're able to be very short and don't have to go to, and do a lot of world building is because they're not short books or I, I should say the books that don't have the depth are just kind of they, they just have the interaction and fighting um like what you were describing they're able to do that because they're essentially laying building on top of the foundation that lord of the rings built so when you come to so the you book come into it with you come to the book knowing kind of what, what a fan- are, right? you know what a fantasy world looks like like at this point anyone who picks up a fantasy but we, we kind of know what a fantasy what we're what to expect from a high fantasy book. do you think it's also because we're used to watching movies so we can very easily like set up these images Maybe. in our mind and just like quickly go through things yeah, I think it's more. Like we're used to. It's, I don't think it's so much the fact of. I don't think it's the fact that movies exist. I think it's the fact that I think it's that there are lots of maybe not fantasy. I would probably attribute more to video games. There's lots of fantasy video games, mm-hmm. so we all know what a fantasy world is. So you don't need to build. You don't. You don't need to build out all the details of a fantasy world. You can just kind of give it a name. Give it. Uh, you know, kind and of. People will automatically have the, kind of have the nations and the kind of types and people know what you're talking about we follow which is like i said it's not that's not necessarily bad uh it's not bad it's not necessarily bad to build on a foundation that someone else laid right um but that could be why you some modern fantasy books are shorter if they're using a if they're using a generic high fantasy world um Mm. Well, clearly I know nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, because you also have, an, like, the other, another classic fantasy series that I should probably read at some point is, like, The Legend of Drizzt. R.A. Salvatore is a very well-known fantasy author. Brandon Sanderson is also well-known. Should, we should read some of him at some point. I think you've talked about him. I've heard a lot of good things about Brandon Sanderson. He finished The Wheel of Time, so 
uh, the author died before he was able to finish it. And he it. picked it up. And he picked it up mm-hmm. and like from the notes and took took his notes for the last book and That's cool. wrote it. Yeah. Hmm. So those are those are my thoughts All right. on Lord of the Rings and modern fantasy. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. Your your one your opinions based on what one two. book? Two books. Two books. What? And I'm lumping a sci fi one in there. <laughs> and how many sci-fi books have you read actually you've read a few sci-fi. i have read okay, no. i am actually fairly well versed in sci-fi okay that might not be the right word but i have i have read you have more read some sci-fi. deep you've read some i've read some good, good sci-fi ender's game the ender's game saga is in dune. incredible in dune but you haven't read the other dune books we've only read the first one yeah but you you have told me that people say that they'd they, they go downhill. They're not as good. Kind of, yeah. And I read Hitchhikers. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to us ramble about a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure when our deadline is for our next assignment, but do we have yeah. assignments picked out? I don't think so. I picked out mine for you. You're going to be reading... A Conflict of Visions by Thomas Sowell, because we've been talking about economics Economics lately, and this is a very, like, general book, Mm -hmm. like, very broad. Okay. And you like talking big picture a lot with economics. Also very, like, specific. We'll talk about this next time. This will be Mason's Mason's time to ramble about... Economics. Economics. (laughs) Things he doesn't know about. Yeah. (laughs) I make a fool of myself with fantasy this time. You make a fool of yourself about feudalism next time. (laughs) It'll be great. (laughs) So he is going to read that. And then, what am I reading? Oh, no, second second Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I knew that. We knew that. All right. Cool. That's all. All right. Bye. (laughs) Say bye. Bye. enjoyed our conversation on our first book assignment. Remember to subscribe to Reading Minds wherever you get your podcasts and also leave us a review. You can contact us through our email at readingmindspodcast.gmail.com with any of your literary thoughts or suggestions. Talk to you next time. Bye friends. Hi friends, welcome to Reading Minds where ordinary people read extraordinary books. I'm Mason and to... Er, No, you're not. (laughs) I kind of want to keep it. Okay. No, I should not.